Good morning. Welcome to Jesus in Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. We are in 1 John chapter 2. Going to look at three verses this morning. Uh, so let's jump right into Scripture, get started with it. So we are at verse uh, 25, and it says this, And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Okay. So verse 25 and 26, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that. Verse 27, we're going to, we're going to focus more on that because it can be misleading in, in how to understand this, this passage. So verse 25, real quick, um, is just John stating as he continues the train of thought from verse 23 and 24 from yesterday um, that the promise that we get holding to the beginning, holding to the, the message that they heard in the beginning, all right, to steer clear from this false teaching, focus on what you learned in the beginning. The promise is eternal life. That's, that's the goal here. Now, when you dig a little bit deeper, um, without going into a lot and taking a lot of time and, and, and really focusing on that, but eternal life, ultimately, at the end of the day, is a relationship with God. Being in a right relationship with God is synonymous with eternal life. It's not just the idea of just living forever. It's about knowing your creator. It's about being in one accord with the being who spoke you into existence. That is eternal life. That is what's going to bring the most peace and joy to anyone because that's what you were created to do, which is to have a right relationship with God. So if you restore that relationship, then there is no greater joy because that's what your original intention was in creation. Verse 26 says, I write these things to you. Now, John says this numerous times in this letter, in this poetic letter and sermon, and he does that before he wants to emphasize something very important. And so he says it again here in verse 26. He's already said it a couple times. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. Remember, these false teachers are coming into the church. They're trying to twist the truth of the gospel. And it twists it so much so far that it ceases to be the gospel. Therefore, to believe in it means you are not actually saved. You are believing a false teaching and it is corrupt. It is You are no different than any other lost person who rejects Jesus and the Messiah and has never heard the gospel. You're no different. To believe it wrongly is no different than to not believe it at all. So John says, I'm writing this to protect you, to prepare you for when these false teachers come in. But then in verse 27, he gives reassurance to them. Again, he, he's giving reassurance to them that he's not looking at them. He's not writing to them and saying, listen, you, all of you are lost. That's not what he's saying. This church um, is a church that has maybe most likely not experienced this false teaching yet. He's preparing them for when they do try to come into the church so they can recognize it and turn them away. 
right? And tell them no, or try to convince them to see truth and to not believe this lie that they're going around and spreading, okay? So he says this, but the anointing that you received from him abides in you. Now this anointing here is referring to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always um, in, in Scripture, whenever anointing is described, when you anoint someone with oils, it's always a means, a metaphor to explain the Holy Spirit coming upon a person. Okay, So the anointing is the Holy Spirit. And they received him, and he abides in them. They received him in the beginning. Remember, he talks about from the beginning up here. That's when they first accepted the gospel, the truth of the gospel. They embraced it. The Holy Spirit anointed them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. In the past, in the Old Testament, when we see anointing with actual oil, they would pour the oil. It wasn't just a couple drops of oil that they would put on someone's head. <clears throat> they would pour the oil over top of the person they were anointing. Okay, The priest would be anointed as they became high priest within the temple of God. And they would cover them with oil. Okay, And the oil would, would penetrate the pores of their body because the molecules in the oil were so small that the body and the skin could absorb them. Okay, So it wasn't just they were covered in oil. No, the oil was covering and penetrating them and who they are. And so that concept of, of, it, of it enveloping you, of the anointing enveloping you is the same with the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he's not just covering you. He's enveloping you. He's becoming a part of you. He's speaking to you, working through you, and and communicating to you because the Holy Spirit is God. So this anointing they received abides in them still. The Holy Spirit is dwelling within them as believers. That's what John is telling them. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. Now, here's where things get confusing. This statement here, people look at this and say, hold on a second. So John's telling these Christians, okay, you have the Holy Spirit. There's no need that anyone should teach you. Then what's the point in having spiritual leaders in the church? And what's the point in having preaching, right? John just said here, there's no need that anyone should teach you, that anyone should should." tell you things and you I mean you're fine on your own right you don't need anyone else you don't need the Bible hey you don't need to read the Bible and learn more well if that was the case if John was telling them that then why is he even writing this letter to them if he truly thinks that there's no need that anyone should teach them then why is he teaching them through writing this letter to them, okay? So that simply alone, just using logic, tells us this, that's not exactly, don't take it so literal. That's not what John means. Otherwise, he would be contradicting himself by making that statement and sending this letter to them, okay? So we can't think of it that way. John's not that foolish. He's not, he's not an idiot, okay? <laughs> he's not contradicting himself. The point he's making here is that they have the Holy Spirit within them. And the Holy Spirit functions as a means to guide and to steer their spiritual judgment. Okay? 
They have no need that anyone should teach them because they've already got the truth. There is nothing new to learn. There is no change to the gospel that needs to educate them. The anointing, the Holy Spirit, has confirmed the truth within their heart. And so they know the truth. This doesn't mean that someone should never come in and preach and teach and they shouldn't worship and they shouldn't read to refresh their memory and to dig deeper to understand things more clearly. That's not what he's saying. The point he's making is that you have the truth of the gospel. Nothing is changing. There's no need for anyone to come in and teach you something new or different about the gospel because now that, that it's changed, you're not saved and you need to fix it. Okay, That's what John's saying here. So don't take it so literal when we read it. Sometimes it appears that way when we go from the original Greek translation to English or any other language. Sometimes the translation can, can, it can get lost, the, the context of it. So we've got to think. We've got to think logically to understand these passages lest we, we get confused and we, we misunderstand them wrong. So he's not saying you don't have any teaching at all or any guidance. It's good to have teachers, spiritual teachers, reminding us of truth and for us to read scripture and to be reminded of things. That's why John's writing this to them. But understand that the Holy Spirit is there working within you to protect you, to give you clear spiritual judgment and to be able to tell when, when things are being twisted so that you can say, you know what, something's not right about that. Let me get in the Bible and make sure. Okay, And that's what he means here. The anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Okay, so that's what the Holy Spirit does in you. The anointing, the Holy Spirit, what it does in you is it helps protect you from false teachings, from going down a path that would lead you away from the gospel. This verse is also a good verse to remind us that we can't lose our salvation. The Bible does not teach that. You can't be saved and in Christ and be anointed by the Holy Spirit and then one day you just lose it all and all of a sudden you're not saved anymore. Now, if you truly accept Christ and you are anointed with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does not leave you. Salvation does not leave you. It is forever. You are His. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. End of story. There. Period. Okay? But the idea here is that it's encouraging. Encouraging for you and for me to know that if we are in Christ, we are walking in the light, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And the Holy Spirit will help us be able to discern good teaching from bad teaching. It will, it will throw up red flags for us so that we can go and dig deeper and get into Scripture and ask teachers and, and think, hold on a second, something's just not right here. It doesn't feel right. In a way, in a way, the Holy Spirit functions as a conscience for us, okay? It guides us, okay? Um, it directs us in the right direction. <laughs> directs us in the right direction to understand and be in the truth and walk in the light. Okay, thank you for joining me. At the end of the day, seek first the kingdom of God. At the end of the day, seek a relationship with God. That is eternal life. Take care, stay blessed. I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.